0: Things change on God's authority. Um, I think of in a courtroom the judge has the ultimate authority and he can either sentence somebody to jail or he can acquit them and set them free and the fate of the person is determined by the authority that the judge has in that moment And, and God is described as the judge of all creation and On his authority, we can either be sentenced to separation from God by choosing to live apart from it, or we can receive everlasting life and blessing and healing and, and peace and joy by his authority. And so this morning, I want to encourage us to listen for that one voice, that one word that God would speak to us with the authority of heaven and earth that would bring freedom and healing and wholeness to us. Because things change on God's authority, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called to His purposes. And so, right now in this moment, no matter where you are, I want to turn this live stream into a prayer meeting. I know some people put some prayer requests in the uh, the prayer part of, of the website, and they've come through. We've, we've received those, and particular particularly want to pray for health. Particular I particularly pray for people's. Um, Mental health and emotional health as well. Um, over the last sort of week or two, uh, I've been dealing with at least 33 people in our church I know of that have tested positive for COVID, um, and a bunch of others who are afraid or, or uncertain and you know trying to avoid it. And so uh, we're, we're in the battle. We're in the battle, but. God is the victor. He will win. So right now, wherever you are, let's switch on our faith. Let's continue to believe God at a greater level that He would bring healing, He'd bring deliverance, He would bring peace, He'd bring strength. So God, right now, I just pray for every single person under the sound of my voice right now who's tuned into this live stream, God, that you would bring peace in their living room, peace in their car, peace at the beach, wherever they might be today, Lord God, that, that the peace of God would just flood their hearts, that your presence would just Envelop us right now, God, that we would just encounter Your love like never before, Lord—a love that would just break through our hurt, break through our pain, Lord—that would bring healing and freedom. God, I pray for those who are unwell right now, Lord, God, that You would bring healing, You would bring freedom, God, that You would reduce symptoms, You would uh, speed up recovery times, God, that You would bring about divine, supernatural healing in people's lives, Lord. For those who are uh, nervous or apprehensive, Lord, God, at this moment, I pray that You would bring them comfort. I pray. you would bring them hope Lord God Lord I pray for those who might be struggling financially or relationally Lord God those who, who might be just doing it tough for whatever reason Lord I pray Lord that you would touch you would heal you would strengthen Lord God that we would not lean on our own understanding on our own ability to fix stuff but in all our ways we would just yield and acknowledge you and that you would direct our path you would bring freedom you would bring healing God Lord in this space We surrender to you in this space, God. We acknowledge you as King, as Lord, as Saviour, as friend. Lord, would you do what only you can do? Would you bless us, your children? Would you strengthen us, your church? We Thank you for this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen if you felt the presence of god if you felt god shift something in you pop it in the chat bar encourage us we love to hear feedback of when god moves and god does what only he can do so just pop it in there write it down and uh, we'd love just to cheer you on and celebrate you and uh, all that god is doing in you so uh before we do that can we just put a little there's little emojis down the side you can click which are clapping hands like a love heart can we just go crazy with those buttons as we thank pete and m for worship this morning you don't have a phone, you can do that. But why don't we thank these guys as they jump off and I will jump into uh, the preaching this morning. Thank you, guys. You are legends. Oh, so, here we are. Uh, on, line, and ready to go. Alrighty. Hey, um, la- last week... I briefly asked the question, for those of you who were in church uh, last Sunday, I asked the question, what do you think about the Bible? How do you view the Bible? And it was just a little, um, little two-minute mini sermonette preach type thing before David Hooper preached, which was brilliant, by the way. If you weren't here last week, jump onto our um, podcast and, and listen to David's message from last week. It's simply uh, stunning and, and amazing, and you'll love that. Um, but yeah, in, the, in that transition between worship and the preaching, I was sharing about and asking the question, what do you think about the Bible? And asking some leading questions like, you know, is it, is it myth or is it truth? Is it um, just historical or is it helpful? Is it uh, man-inspired or is it divine? And trying to gauge how we actually view God's Word. And, and the biggest question I asked, and I'll ask it again today, is... Do you view God's Word as as something that transforms you or do you view it as something that simply informs you? Is it something that you just, when you come to church on a Sunday and you hear God's words preached or or you pick up your Bible at home while you're just sitting in front of the coffee table and you just read a couple of passages, does it just inform your brain uh, of a knowledge of a religious worldview called Christianity or does the, the text through the preaching of the word or the reading of the word, does it actually lead to transformation? And so um, hopefully it does lead to your transformation. The Bible is not meant to be just uh, theology on a shelf. It's meant to be outworked in our life and transform us more into the image of Christ. And so I looked at um, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, which says, um, Be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and supplication, that your requests be known to God, so that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding might guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I looked at how Paul was giving this encouragement of um, stop stressing about stuff that's sort of out of your control and instead bring that to God. And we saw that example of Jesus in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he was stressed and overwhelmed with uh, being arrested and the pressure of his, his forthcoming um, crucifixion, but he went away and he prayed. And so we see that example in Jesus. And so when we actually apply these things in our life, we find ourselves not just being informed, but being transformed by God's word. And so, um, so today I want to go a little bit deeper in that and. As I said at the beginning, looking at where we're at and why we've gone online, um, Coffs Harbour in particular, we we have moved from the anticipation of COVID, which we've had for the last two years, to now in the last two weeks, its arrival. And so for the last two years, we've gone, are we going to get it? What's going on? To now, now she's here and she's gone crazy. And So what are we doing in the midst of the arrival of COVID and how do we feel, how do we stay centred, how do we stay focused, how do we not get caught up in the the craziness of of what's going on around us but we can just sort of continue to plough a a um, level-headed behaviours and attitude around this. So uh, what I'm going to do today is, is help us shift our eyes from the problem to the perfect from what's going on around us to to Jesus. And if we keep our eyes on Jesus, then all should be well. So in light of that, um, what I have titled this message today really simple is How to Find Peace. That is the title of today's message, How to Find Peace. Uh, Because as I talk to people, as I I listen to people, um, there is a sense that perhaps peace is lost or peace is misplaced or or people have forgotten how to find peace and it feels like they're caught up in this storm of emotion and and internet um, spam information and news articles and all these sorts of stuff like that 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 the peace of God that used to be so prevalent has now been drowned out by external circumstances and factors. And so today I want to help us silence those external things and, and allow ourselves to find the peace of God again. So I'm going to use this passage in Philippians to dig a little bit deeper and bring out some stuff that I believe is going to be super helpful for you and for me to find and keep peace. Okay, if you've got a Bible, read or scroll with me uh, through Philippians chapter 4, verse 6-9. to 9. It should be on your screen for you anyway. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the peace of God will be with you. Um, I've preached on this and shared on this many times before, and I don't want this to be a cliche message, but I believe there is something in this for us today, specifically for what's going on uh, at at this moment of the arrival of COVID and stuff like that that's going to be super helpful. So I've broken this this passage into four points, um, four steps in how we find peace so step one choose joy simple choose joy um, you know, at the very start of this passage in, in verse 6 um, Paul is saying rejoice in the Lord always and he says and again I tell you rejoice so so he's double emphasizing this point about rejoicing in the Lord and and when he does this it's sort of it, it, it's for us to stand to attention, to take note. It's not just something he's saying as a throwaway line. He, he's taking such uh, efforts to go to to reinforce his points. It's like with my kids. I feel like I've got to tell my kids like a dozen times to do one thing before they actually, the penny drops and they go, Oh, I need to clean my room. Like, I wish the first time I said it that they would get it and they would do it, but there's something in human nature that needs to be reminded repetitively before we get something. And so, so Paul is saying this to, to the church in Philippi: hey, rejoice in the Lord always, right? Not when things are going well, not when things are awesome, not when God's favor is being uh, sprinkled all over you like pixie dust and just, everything's awesome and daddy God is just showering blessings all over you. No, no, no. Rejoice in the Lord always even when things are dire, even when things are crazy, even when the doctor's report is negative, even when the the, the things in life that you've held to be true for so long seem to crumble down around you, find a way to rejoice in the Lord. And again, he says, rejoice, reinforcing this point. So choosing joy is the first step to finding peace. Why Why is choosing joy important to find peace? I believe it's important because um, choosing joy gives us the best fighting chance of actually um, discovering peace. Um, it, it puts us on on the right. It positions us on the right team to be able to find peace. For for example, um, if you if you're playing on Team Eeyore, remember Eeyore from um, Winnie the Pooh, like uh, just this down in the dumps, melancholy donkey that was just like such a sad sack. Like if you're on Team Eeyore and you're negative and you're cynical and you're critical of everything, then the chances are you're not going to be holding up the trophy of world peace champion. You're not going to, to find this inner peace and solitude if, if you have that, that propensity towards pessimism. And it's simply like if that's us, we are literally gloomed for failure. Because uh, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And if we're thinking negatively, if we're thinking um, pessimistically, then that's what's going to flow out of our life. And so if we're on Team Eeyore, we are not setting ourselves up to find and discover the peace of God. We have to choose joy. Joy is like programming into the GPS of our soul uh, the, the, the fastest route possible to peacetown. Okay, So when, when you're in your car and you are go, I've got to get to this place and you put in the address and it says, oh, do you want the quickest possible route? Yes, I do. Thank you very much, Google Maps. And you click that and it gives you the right route to get to the destination as quickly as possible. And so for us in our soul, choosing joy puts us on the best possible route to get to peacetown in our life. And, and we all know negative Nellies is in our world and we've probably been negative Nellie at some point who needs a root recalculation um, because we're not going to go to peacetown if we are negative and cynical and things like that. We've got to choose joy and that is the first step in finding peace. Second step is get away and pray. Get away and pray. Verse 6 to 7 is, is what we talked about at the very start. Um, don't be anxious about anything. But in everything through prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. Um, I, I love Craig Groeschel's quote. If you don't know who Craig Groeschel is, he's the pastor of Life Church um, in, in America who actually developed, his church developed the YouVersion Bible app. And so, uh, so if you read your morning devotion on that app, it's because of him and his church. And so he's an incredibly um, sharp leader, very uh, very great at thinking through complex things and making them simple. And he has this basic phrase, which I love. He simply says, if, if it's big enough to worry about, then it's big enough to pray about. If it's big enough to worry about, then it's big enough to pray about. Some, so many times we find ourselves carrying unnecessary burdens because we simply haven't chosen to hand them over to God. And we walk through life heavy-hearted. We walk through life um, without joy and without peace simply because we're holding things too tightly that God has said we should hold loosely or, or not even hold at all but give over to him. Because the burden that God puts on us is freely and lightly. right? That's, that, that's what Jesus has promised us is, is a light and easy life. But oftentimes we put unnecessary burdens on us. And so here Paul is saying, get away from that and pray. Um, And we said also that that Jesus modeled this in the Garden of Gethsemane. He got away, he was overwhelmed, he was stressed about his uh, impending crucifixion and he got away and he prayed. He he cast his cares on the Lord. He he put his petitions before God. Um, Did some some research about this because the interesting thing is, this, this has a promise, right? If we do this, if in the midst of our... Anxiousness, if in the the midst of our our worry and our concern, we we choose to pray about it and get away and pray, then it says here, verse 7, that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding and rationality, will actually guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. So there's a promise attached to that, which is super cool. So not only is God's word promising that, but science backs this up. I was reading an article this week that said that people who pray and they defined prayer by um, taking your your circumstances and processing it with a higher power um, are far more likely to have lower levels of stress and anxiety than those who don't pray. This is a medical journal that was published with peer reviews. Um, It also goes on to say in this study which I found fascinating is not only is prayer beneficial in helping you find peace and helping you reduce stress and anxiety, but who you pray to has a massive impact on, on your health and well-being. And, and the study showed that um, those who prayed uh, to a God that they believed was loving and kind and attentive to their prayers were far more likely to have increased levels of peace, have decreased levels of joy, and overall uh, better sense of emotional and mental health and well-being, as opposed to those who did pray, but prayed to a God who they thought was dormant, indifferent and unresponsive. These people had far less results and still had high levels of stress and low levels of peace than those who prayed to a a divine being or a God who loved them and wants the best for them. So this is why I think theology is important to know um, who God is, that he is a loving father wanting to bring and pour peace into our lives. And he's simply saying, hey, guys, don't get overwhelmed by the stress of life. um, But in all things, bring it to me. Pray to me. Seek me. Make your petitions and requests known to me. And the peace that I have will guard your heart and guard your mind uh, exponentially. So get away and pray. Step three is think about what you think about. So we've chosen, we choose joy, and then we get away and we pray, and now practically we've got to start to think about what we think about. If we want peace, the battle is almost certainly won or lost here in our mind. So we've got to be conscious about thinking about what we think about. So here we see in verse 8, Paul is saying, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent, whatever is worthy of praise, think on these things. So here we have an exhaustive list of uh, categories or topics or things for us to actually find to consume our mind with, to think about. Um, because oftentimes we find ourselves thinking about the problems, thinking about the circumstance, thinking about the issue. And, and when that is, is in the forefront of our mind, it consumes us and it takes us to a place where peace does not exist. It just amplifies the problems. But, but, but Paul is saying, hey, you've got to shift your eyes off that, think about what you're thinking about, and think about things that are true, that are noble, that are pure, that are lovely, that are right, that are excellent, admirable, worthy of praise. They're the things to think about. And as I was preparing this week, I had this thought um, That each one of these things acts as a a filter for the other what do i mean by that well if something something might be excellent right but if it's not pure don't think about it so you might see that 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 woman and you think oh she is excellent but she's not your wife so therefore it's not pure so don't think on that okay so so we've got to use the list to to filter out the other things. Or you might go, hold on, this thing is right, but hold on, that thing is not um, praiseworthy. So don't think on that thing. And for example, I think of gossip in this area. Yeah, but but that's what they did. Yeah, but they hurt me, but they did that. That's true. What you're saying is right, but it doesn't filter through the category of worthy of praise. So, So don't think on those things. Yeah, but they hurt me. That's true, they did hurt you. But are you going to think about the hurt? Are you going to think about the healing? Okay, so we've got to use this list to filter out the other things. Um, Something might be lovely, but if it's not right, don't think about it. So just common sense sort of stuff to to help us with that. Um, And I think, too, in saying all that, in, in my opinion and in my observation, I would say one of the things that has really lost value and virtue in contemporary church is this sense of holiness. Holiness is something that Oftentimes we don't think about, we don't um, consider, we don't practice. It's not on the forefront of our mind. In fact, we can sometimes think that the holiness is an outdated, old virtue that was a bit, you know, 1985 home church sort of thing. We oh, holiness, that's great. But now we're contemporary, we're edgy, we're a bit cooler. We don't need holiness, but but we kind of do because if we look through this list of stuff, and like I said, if if they don't um, cross-examine each other, then and don't result in holiness, then they're not things that we should be thinking about. Because at the end of the day, um, Hebrews uh, 12 verse 14 says that without holiness, we can't even see God. Think about that. So holiness is is something that we all need to sort of elevate in in our lives as as a primary way in which our sanctification outworks by by choosing to surround ourselves and position ourselves in a place where we honour God the Bible says do everything to the glory of God we can only do things to the glory of God that develop us in holiness we can't sin and do it for the glory of God because sin does not glorify God but obedience sacrifice love grace mercy displaying the fruits of the spirit actually brings glory to God and actually cultivates and builds our holiness and so what we think about is part of that process so so Paul is saying hey if you want to find peace Um, that that God promises to give you, think about what you think about. Don't think about the problems, but think about um, things that are good, that are noble, that are worthy of praise. All those things are super helpful for us to recalibrate our mind so that we are uh, positioning ourselves in the best possible place to receive God's peace. Which is why I would say, maybe ease up on the Facebook, ease up on the news.com, ease up on the Insta stories because uh, a lot of this stuff Um, is distracting us from things that are actually true, noble, pure, lovely, wholesome, and all that sort of stuff. So um, think about what we think about. Fourth and final step to um, finding peace is practice makes peaceful. Practice makes peaceful. So verse 9 says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the peace of God will be with you. Pretty big promise so it's all good and well it's all good and well to know how to exercise okay but but you're not going to reap any benefit unless you put your joggers on and go for the walk unless you pick up the weights and start to lift them repetitively unless you get on that bike and you go for that ride you can know all the details about exercise that you like but you are not going to reap the benefits till you actually do it and we can know all the theology around the peace of God, we can know all the theology around what the Scriptures say, but unless we actually put it into practice, it just becomes a stuffy ideology on, on the shelf of our heart that doesn't actually transform us, but merely just informs us and does nothing. And we become like the Pharisee. We look down and at other people because we've got the intellectual knowledge, but we don't have the outworking um, power of it manifest in our life and bringing about transformation and change. Um, See, James says it like this. He says that faith by itself, without corresponding deeds, is dead. Knowing about exercise, but not exercising it, is fruitless. Knowing about faith, knowing about the peace of God, knowing about choosing joy, knowing about thinking about what we're thinking about, knowing about um, going away and praying about stuff, unless you actually do it, it's useless. It's just information. And the kingdom of God is all about transformation, being translated out of darkness into light, from being dead to being alive, from, from this process of being sanctified and growing in our discipleship to Christ to being the fullness of what he has designed us to all be in him. Um, Paul, what Paul is saying here to the church in Philippi is, is essentially the same thing that he was saying to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, where he says, "'Imitate me as I imitate Christ.'" So so Paul is saying, hey, I'm an example for you to follow. I'm living my life, setting myself up as as an example for you um, to follow as the church goes on. And throughout 2,000 years of history, Paul still acts as an incredible example of how the church should operate and function in the kingdom of God. But even Paul understands his human limitations and puts this this caveat on it that, that he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So if we see things in the life of Paul, attitudes, behaviors that don't measure up to Christ, we don't imitate those things, we just imitate the things that measure up to Christ's standard. Which reminds me of of last year we spent six months looking through the Sermon on the Mount, like week by week, breaking it down into small chunks, to look at what is the standard that Jesus sets for how the kingdom of God operates and how we ought to walk and work in that. And so, so here we have a template, if you like, an example, if you like. And the things that we'll read in Scripture, nothing will ever be asked of us that hasn't first been modelled and exemplified in Jesus. Our God is not a God that is indifferent and removed and sort of sits on his throne and barks commands at us. No, no, he is a God that entered humanity as one of us, who put aside his, his, his lordship for a moment to, to be fully human on this earth so that we had an example to follow. And then incredible apostles like Paul and the disciples and many uh, men and women throughout history serve as incredible ambassadors of Christ and examples for us to follow so that we know that we are not alone, but we have a rich history of of men and women who we can look to and aspire to to follow in the ways of Christ. And ultimately, Jesus becomes the template by which we follow those people. Um, And so that's what it's all about about measuring up to to Christ. He becomes the standard. He becomes the example. So as I bring this message to a close for our first ever um, online live service, um, I just want to encourage us through this passage that that the peace of God is available to you. You might feel like you're unworthy of the peace of God. You might feel like... um, You don't know how to connect with God. Uh, I just want to remind all of us that that God is a loving Father that desires nothing more to uh, embrace us and live with us and live through us, where um, his peace, uh, the Bible says, becomes like the umpire of our hearts. That as we go about life and we see problems and circumstances and issues arise because we live in an imperfect world, but the peace of God that lives in us, Um, actually becomes like the umpire or the the referee that says, no, no, don't go that, that's out of bounds, and and steers us and directs us into living the life God has for us. And so my prayer for all of us in the midst of the arrival of COVID and coughs, uh, for those who have got sick and are battling that, for those who are trying to avoid it, uh, for those who for whatever reason uh, have got other issues going on in their world, that we would not focus on the problem But we would realize that God is wanting to pour his peace into our world. And so one of the ways we get it is simply by choosing joy. It's by uh, getting away and praying. It's by thinking about what we think about. And it's practice makes peaceful. It's actually putting into practice these things. It's actually seeing men and women that have gone before us and, and, and learning and gleaning from them, whatever we've seen, whatever we've heard, whatever we've uh, learnt from these people to, to allow us to experience and encounter uh, the love of God and the peace of God that is available for anybody who would call upon the name of the Lord. So that being said, let me pray as we close this morning. God, I just thank you for um, for everyone that is here online today, Lord God. I thank you for, Lord, the, the technology we have available to us to be able to do this, that even though we... We found it best not to meet together because of the risk factor, that we can still meet together virtually in an online forum. So Lord, I pray that that will not be an inhibitor to your your presence or your power. Lord, that you would still move through this technology, Lord God, that you would move powerfully in the lives of every man and woman and child that is hearing this message today, Lord God, that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, all rationality, all intellect, Lord God, would actually guard our hearts and guard our minds as we find ourselves in christ jesus lord you are the author you are the perfecter of our faith lord it's in you we live and move and have our being and so lord i pray that you would just um, allow us to encounter experience and and live in uh, the pocket of peace that you have for us today lord would you bless our church in your wonderful name